Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Peter Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your commodore of cocktails. Hey, thanks for joining me Saturday night right here on 570-KVI. We are uh, on the hour 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. talking about the world of wine, food, beer, cider, spirits, cocktails, chefs, events, and education from all around the world. And I'm super excited about uh, my next guests. Uh, these guys are on actually the East Coast, and they are barbecue masters. Um, Andy Husbands and Chris Hart uh, have written a book recently. It's called Pitmaster. And if you ever check it out, uh, you have to check it out because the cover alone is worth uh, you'll be drooling over it, and thank goodness I got the hardcover because I'm sure I'll be making uh, uh, salivation stains here. Um, but uh, tis the season. This is the middle of June, and we're talking about summertime and barbecue. And a lot of times, um, you know, we, we get in a big rush to do barbecue. Like, oh, get those coals fired and throw it on there and eat right away. But I tell you, barbecue is something you kind of got to plan for. And uh, I was reading this book, and it's got great recipes, um, fantastic pictures. Uh, a host of chefs, not only these, these two, Two cool cats, but um, some famous chefs, some some world champion barbecue masters, um, all enclosed in this book called Pit Master. It's uh, recipes, techniques, and barbecue wisdom. And right now, I'd like to welcome Andy Husbands and Chris Hart. Welcome to Happy Hour. Glad to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Right on. That was Andy in the first voice and Chris in the second voice. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys are on the East Coast. Um, perhaps not best known for barbecue, but unless you're talking about baked beans, I guess, being in Boston. Uh, <laughs> tell me, um, how did you guys meet, and how did you guys find a, a following of fellow passion for barbecue? Well, this is Andy, and, uh, you know, uh, I lived in Seattle, and I left halfway, you know, I went to Roosevelt High School, and then halfway through my freshman year, I moved out to Needham, Massachusetts about 30 minutes outside of Boston. Uh, and in my homeroom is where I met Mr. Chris Hart, and uh, we've been friends ever since. <laughs> okay. Chris, were you sitting behind him, or were you were sitting in front of him, right? <laughs> yeah, we were in the H homeroom, uh, Hart and Husbands, and uh, we, we, got our, we, we got ourselves in a little bit of trouble. But we, we definitely, I think that what we connected on was we, uh, we love to have a good time and throw a party. And we, and we did that in high school, and we've done it ever since. All right. Well, I remember the parties I did in high school. They were typically re- revolved around a chilled beverage. And uh, here yeah. you guys have a whole book about barbecue. Now, this is not your first book about barbecue. Let's talk about um, how you guys started writing together. Andy? Yeah, I think where we Chris? got started was, you, go. um, you know, Andy and I um, got turned on to barbecue uh, at a place called the East Coast Grill in Cambridge, Mass. This guy, Chris Schlesinger, who who wrote a bunch of really great cookbooks, including, including Thrill of the Grill. And he kind of, he would invite us over to his house, and we would cook whole hogs, and uh, we got turned on to it uh, through him. And then it kind of segued into, we, we started learning about barbecue competitions, and we started going out just to have fun, kind of like the equivalent of a bunch of guys going out on a golf uh, weekend, except we would go out and we'd cook barbecue and drink beer in a field with a bunch of friends. And it was very 
uh, informal kind of a thing. And then over a little bit of time, we started winning. And we got more and more into it until eventually in 2009, we won the World Championship of Barbecue in Lynchburg, Tennessee at the Jack Daniels Distillery. Um, which was one of the first times some guys from the Northeast have ever done that. And uh, that kind of got us a lot of attention, and it, it segued into a book deal called Wicked Good Barbecue, which is all about kind of the super intense kind of kind of style of barbecue that you see out in, com- in the competition world. So that's where, that's where we got our start and kind of wrote our first book. And what was the first year that you guys started barbecuing? Was this like 1995 or... Roughly around there, yeah. Maybe just a touch later than that, like 96, 97 in that ballpark. Okay, so it took you, uh, and 10 years later, you're winning the championship from the Jack Daniels Championship, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, let's just set the stage for everybody, or set the plate, the platter, the buffet, whatever we will. Um, Let's talk about barbecue. Barbecue is basically roasting meats over fire, right? Or is it over wood, or what do you say? Um, This is Andy. Yes. You know, slow. I mean, I'm going to say slow cooked. I know Chris is going to disagree with me, but <laughs> generally, um, it's slow cooked uh, indirectly by wood or hard hardwood charcoal. That would be kind of my definition of, of barbecue. Chris, do you have a different uh, perspective? A bit. Uh, that's it. I mean, you want to you want to cook with uh, with wood. You want to you want to cook. You know, you're cooking meat with fire, and uh, typically it's on the slower side. You know, you, when you're cooking a big pork shoulder or you know a, a rack of ribs, it takes some time. So that it, it is kind of low and slow uh, to some extent. I, I think that one of the mistakes that I see newbies kind of make when they get in a barbecue is they take that concept of low and slow a little too serious, a little too uh, to the letter. Um, you know, you know, you're not you're not only smoking meat. Like the way you might smoke some uh, salmon, you know, it's it's it still is roasting the meat. You know, you want to have a little sizzle. You want the fat to kind of render. Um, so it's like on the low scale of of roasting or baking. So it's like I think the the my favorite temperature is around 275, 275 degrees on your grill with some wood, nice clean fire, dry rub on your meat. Crack a beer, take your time, and when it's done, it's done. <laughs> All right. It sounds so simple, and yet, to be champion, it takes a lot of practice. Um, when we think about the word barbecue, I think a lot of people think barbecue sauce right away, but uh, if we go back into the uh, epidemiology of the word or something, entomology of the word, and that is uh, barbacoa, right? This was a Spanish deal where those the, the, the Spanish galleons were colonizing, and they were hunting wild boars, et cetera, and then this is how they learned to cook them for everybody, and they're pretty much doing a whole pig, a whole hog. So, yep. um, barbecue. Now, how many different types of barbecues do each of you have? Actual pits? Pits, um, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the I, Weber or the... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Weber Smoky Mountain, and I, I certainly have one of those. I think I have three or four at my house, and then I also own restaurants, so I've got a couple of giant, you know, 1,000-pound cookers in my, uh, in my restaurants as well. All right, Chris. How many yeah, you got? I probably have owned between twenty or thirty different barbecue pits over the over the years. Uh, you know, it's kind of like it just just a typical guy thing. You always want a new toy, a new driver in your golf bag. I want I always want a new smoker. Um, and I, I probably have um, three or four right now. My my two go tos are one is my is a jambo pit, which is a really nice show pit that this guy down in Texas makes, Jamie Gear. It's on a trailer. I can haul it around the barbecue wow. contest. Okay. And uh, check it out if uh, just just type in jambo pits online if you wanted to check it out the pictures of them are unbelievable and then on my deck what i keep the one that has always always just been a keeper for me is a big green egg 
And the the big green egg, or there's lots of other Komodo-style ceramic cookers. Um, uh, They're just very versatile, right? I can use them in the middle of the winter because they're really well insulated. Um, I can get them really hot to grill a steak. I can get them really slow to make some ribs, and there's just lots of things you can do on it. And so that's that's a really nice pit, too. Awesome. I'm speaking with Andy Husbands and Chris Hart, the uh, co-authors of this book, Pitmaster, Recipes, Techniques, and Barbecue Wisdom. Guys, where can we find this book? I would imagine a small Seattle company called Amazon? And any reputable bookseller will be, will be selling this. Uh, you know, we we've seen it. Hopefully, you have some local stores will have it. Of course, Amazon, which I know is local there, Barnes and Noble. Um, it's pretty much it's out there. Um, you can get it on my website, uh, the dot com. I'll sign it for you if you like. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. All right. Very cool. So uh, when we think about barbecue, we've got barbecue from around the world in some respects because, I, heck, I'm half Chinese and I know we've got uh, barbecue duck, right? They were doing something different over there. But when we think about the United States, tell me, let's go through the regions, the, the traditional or classic regions and styles of barbecue. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, we, we kind of um, focused on some of those classic regions in this book. When, when we, like I mentioned, when we wrote Wicked, Bur- Wicked Good Barbecue, uh, it was very much about kind of our experience as being Northerners out doing competition. What we did in this book is we kind of went and checked out these various regions and and uh, met with some of our some of the legendary pitmasters in those regions. One would be Texas and. Texas is, you know, a big a big state. There's a lot of different sub uh, styles in that state, but the main one is in Central Texas, kind of what you'd see in Austin, in the outskirts of Austin, and it's all about beef. It's all about brisket and beef ribs and beef sausage, simply seasoned with salt and pepper. Typically served on butcher paper. Don't ask for sauce. You'll get, you know, you get the hairy eyebrow. All right. That's kind of that's kind of Texas. Very classic, traditional. Kind of some of its style comes out of like butcher shops. You know, kind of like a German butcher shop that kind of started cooking some of the scraps from their butchering process. Is kind of where where that that tradition came from. Uh, another tradition, another traditional region we looked at that we love is North Carolina. And North Carolina is all about uh, the pig. The wonderful magical pig in North Carolina, and you know you see to the um, eastern part of the state a lot of whole hog cookers like uh, Sam Jones is one of the best known uh, cookers in in North Carolina to the eastern part of the state, um, and then to the western part of the state it's normally whole shoulder uh, with a more of a red vinegar sauce, um, hush puppy slaw, chopped pork. Okay. And uh, that's kind of North Carolina. And then the other, our other favorite region is Kansas City, which kind of melds those two regions a little bit, kind of brings in, kind of introduces your classic um, kind of smoky Kansas City barbecue sauce. And uh, you see a lot more ribs. I think probably Kansas City is maybe best known for their ribs and for their burnt ends. Um, that's kind of what many barbecue restaurants in Kansas City are judged by is their burnt ends, which are, you know, when you're processing, uh, you know, 10 or 20 briskets over a service for folks, the, the little scraps and nuggets and, and ends of the brisket kind of build up on the on the cutting board, and I think a lot of people realize that that was the best part. Yeah, that sounds like uh, what my dad would love uh, <laughs> come holiday yeah. time, the end of the cut. Now, Andy, um, let's talk about some sauces here. Uh, are, are there some distinct styles of sauce? There are distinct, uh, you know, as, as Chris said, you know, uh, in Texas they're going to kind of, you know, hold back the sauce. But a lot of times down there you'll see like a, you know, a coffee, a coffee uh, grounds or coffee in a, in a sauce. Uh, we have a couple of really great sauces in the book. Um, some of my favorites uh, is 
from the first chapter, it's kind of a remake of what we use for where we can, we compete, and it's a, it's kind of a new style barbecue sauce. It's it's light, it's sweet and sour. It's not that heavy kind of smoky tomatoey sauce that you'll see um, in Kansas City, which we have a recipe for uh, Kansas City uh, sauce, a little more smoky, good balance. Um, Is this your barbecue glaze sauce you're referring to? Yes. Okay, great. That's, uh, we suggest that. We suggest that for well beyond just barbecue. If you were if you were making a steak, put that on right at the finish, and you will just wow everybody. It is a phenomenal sauce. Lasts forever in your refrigerator. It's just really great. It seems like a lot um, of ingredients, too. When you think of barbecue sauce, we're talking about sweet, sour, and spicy or smoky, and those kind of the yeah. a little salt in there, a little umami. Um, and, but this barbecue glaze you have is interesting. It's got mustard seed, thyme, garlic, garlic powder, black pepper, cider vinegar, brown sugar, pepper flakes, salt, ketchup. This is layers and layers of flavor. Yeah. And what's also nice about that recipe is you're talking 30 minutes, you yeah. know? It's a lot of times those tomato saw those tomato you know based have to cook for a couple of hours to really you know mellow out the tomato the tomatoes but because there's a ketchup in there and the sweet and sour you know the agua dolce uh, it's it's real good uh, and that's phenomenal. Um, I also love um, the our fermented um, pepper sauce. It's it's uh, it's like a Texas peat almost, um, which we saw a lot in North Carolina. And um, is Texas peat a style of sauce? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a Frank's Red Hot. Oh, okay, got it. Texas Pete's yeah. got it. All right, very cool. And, and you know, we we love fermenting. It's kind of something fun that we do. And you know, from kimchi to to hot pepper sauces. And this one's re- relatively easy. Just leave it on your counter for you know a couple of days, and it will last forever. And just kind of really gets a beautiful umami, fermenty, and perfect with pork. Like just delicious. Well, I love all that stuff. It's funny how we could have left something in the fridge for too long and it fermented, <laughs> and we would throw it out. Now it's become this uh, macrobiotic uh, delicacy, and uh, I'm excited exactly. to uh, to re- check out some of the recipes. And I love the fact that you've got not only the classic cuts but the sides. When we come back from this break, we're going to uh, dig into some of the secrets about how to cook pork shoulder or how to do uh, St. Louis-style ribs or perhaps brisket, of course, some beef bones and things like that. Speaking with Andy Husbands and Chris Hart, the uh, co-authors of Pitmaster, recipes, techniques, and barbecue wisdom available at every good bookstore and, of course, Amazon. Folks, we'll be right back right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, folks. Hey, happy Saturday night. Perhaps you're outdoors with the barbecue grill, the uh, the big green egg, or the Weber kettle, or whatever you got. Uh, I've got two... Uh, Smoky Joe's. I got Andy Husband, Chris Hart, the uh, co-owner, co-owners, co-authors of Pitmaster Recipes, Techniques, and Barbecue Wisdom. This is a hardcover book. It's uh, it's full of uh, fantastic pictures, r- recipes on sides and cuts of beef, and really pro tips on how to be a championship barbecue. Because you guys are champions. Now let's talk about some of the basics. What are the three things that everyone or four things that people need to know to start off uh, on their championship journey for barbecue? 
the first thing is is that you need to move on from your gas grill. I mean, you, you can kind of <laughs> hack the gas grill to kind of to sort of work, but you need even a Weber kettle, just a kettle grill. It, you can get started with that. A kettle, a Weber kettle with some lump charcoal. Um, put the char- charcoal to one side of the of the kettle. Put your meat on the other side, the cool side where there's no fire uh, right below it. Maybe put a drip pan below, and you can cook anything that way. You you need to add some charcoal on a fairly regular basis uh but you can get the job done quite well that way all right andy um you know i really just think that uh for good barbecue you know having the right equipment so you know you could there's some smokers out there that are uh, like a weber smoky mountain relatively inexpensive okay so that's, that's you what got I would start with good good equipment uh good cut of meat and uh well just uh, some patience perhaps all right so when we're talking about um pork shoulder or pork butt and i i was confused pork shoulder and pork butt are the same cut is that right the um the the, the whole shoulder is kind of considered the uh the, sh- the pork shoulder and then there's two cuts of the pork shoulder the top part up by uh, the shoulder is, uh, you know, right next to like the jowls there is often known as the Boston butt. Uh, and then the bottom half of the shoulder is also is often known as a picnic shoulder or a pork picnic shoulder. So those are the two pieces and the whole thing is considered a pork shoulder. Great. And typically a size is what, three to four pounds for this, depending on... Oh, gosh, unless no. you might be able to find it, it's probably a little bit more like six or seven with the bone in. Okay. All right. So if we're going to prep this, um, take me through, you know, a timeline. Well, what are the things I need to do to make this, you know, good regardless of what, <laughs> my IQ, my barb yeah. IQ? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's a, a pork shoulder, pork butt, like a five-pound, six-pound pork butt is a great place to start. It's an inexpensive piece of meat. It's um, forgiving. There's tons of fat. Um, it, you know, so it's a, it's a great beginner piece of meat. And I think one of the best places to start is, is making a really great dry rub. Um, there's a bunch in our book. There's a bunch in other books. There's some really good commercial ones. Um, is, is this is a per- classic piece of meat to let the dry rub kind of shine. And so uh, is is dry rub it. And then as Andy said, you know, get it. You know, get your smoker going right. You know, a Weber Smoky Mountain or a Big Green Egg or a kettle, whatever you happen to have, and 250 to 275 degrees, and don't peak and cook it for six to eight hours. Okay, it's done. Don't peak. Now, we think of dry yeah. rub. There's basically four or five ingredients. It's going to be salt, pepper, uh, paprika. What? What do you put in a dry rub? Um, do a little chili powder, cumin, onion powder, garlic powder. But if you're going to go, um, you know, Texas-style salt and pepper, I mean, that's the base of it. You know, right. it's the salt and pepper, maybe chili powder um, sometimes. Um, and then when you start getting to other regions, we're talking about uh, sugar. Ah, right. You know, so, that's uh, sweet, tangy, salty, sweet. And, um, Chris, when it comes to pork shoulder, pork butt, uh, Boston butt, do you have to do a lot of trimming, or is it basically you can pull it out and just dry it off and dry rub it? When we cook them in competition, we take a lot of the uh, a lot of the fat off because we really want to create these beautiful slices and beautiful like pulled pieces of meat. And so we really focus on trimming a lot of the the fat when we when we compete in the backyard. You actually really don't have to trim it at all. All right, um, is uh, just salt and pepper it and let it go and all that fat well you know over that six to eight hour period uh a lot of that fat just going to kind of melt away and create a lot of great flavor Mm, okay that's good to know Uh, when it comes to ribs andy you know i i I get a lot of people say you boil them first you want to put them out there what give me some tips on good uh pork ribs 
Okay. So, um, yeah, so we're not going to boil them anymore. We're not doing that. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing. So we're talking about doing something, and, and, we'll, and we'll just put all barbecue here. We want to do something really good, really extraordinary. You know, I know not everybody's going out to win a world championship, but you want to really wow your people when you're making barbecue. So it's going to, you know, there's going to be some, some, some things you're going to need to do. And, you know, cooking them right in, in a smoker or even a, a grill with an offset of, of fire is pretty important. But for the ribs, there's, what I would suggest is one of the most important, besides buying a good cut, a good, good rib, is peeling it. And we do give a, a demonstration how to actually do that. You can also see a, plenty of uh, demonstrations online of how to peel off the membrane on the back of the ribs. Yeah, trimming it, right? Well, it's more than trimming. There's actually this membrane that coats the back. Oh, okay, that, you, yeah, you, that's you, silver, you, yeah. With a paper towel, you can pull it off. All right. And that's going to really help it cook and as well as help it eat at the end. Um, and then, I, you know, me, I like a nice light rub. Um, I like a sugar salt-based rub. And slow and low, 250 degrees, three, four hours, um, generally is going to get you some really great ribs. Okay, cool. So three or four hours. And that's basically on a normal rack, which I think is about five, six pounds, right, typically? Or four, well, I think Louis is what, really what I'm talking about, which are about three and a half pounds. Oh, okay, pounds. great. When we talk about spare ribs, a St. Louis is a spare rib that's been trimmed down. Got it. But a spare ribs can be, you know, four or five hours, depending on your smoker. Interesting. And, you know, when you think about sauces, um, are, are you actually dabbing sauce at the end? Or when you do a dry rub, do you just let people put on the sauce as they like, a la carte or whatever? Um, so for me, um, I like to just cook them with the dry rub. Um, and then at the end, uh, just baste them a little bit. We do have a really good recipe where it's uh, the three, two, one ribs, and you'll, you'll see that we do uh, some wrapping and we use some, um, some glazing in there. Um, so there's a couple ways to go about it. But if I'm at home and I'm just having a lazy Saturday, I'm going to rub them. I'm going to, you know, tend my fire. I'm going to gl- just brush my sauce on maybe 20 minutes before they're done, let them rest, let it set, and serve them, serve them on up. And you watch NASCAR, right? Is that what you do, too? you got to put that on the back channel and... That's not exactly. We're watching the Red Sox out here. But, um. <laughs> That's right. Hey, speaking with Andy Husband and Chris Hart, the, uh, the co-authors of Pitmaster, um, the recipes, techniques, and barbecue wisdom. Um, great pictures. First of all, i got to give you lots of credit for uh, the pictures because that is really um, – so enticing and it looks you make it look so easy and that's what we want uh and i like the step by step everything looks pretty simple and the fact that you guys wear gloves when you're cutting and you you know you've got all the right tools um what what are the basics for for tools as people need i think you needed some tongs you need a flipper you need a pan what else you need you wouldn't be able to protect um, your hands from from the heat you want to have a nice way to to um you know uh heat protect the gloves when you get into the pit or you know you move hot grill grates around tongs a sharp knife a cutting board um maybe a mister to mist a little water on your on your product while you're cooking mm. um uh charcoal you know uh, high quality charcoal uh seasoned wood little chunks of uh dry seasoned wood these are all things i'd start with excellent now do you uh, uh do you recommend uh, hickory or ch- as we have here in the Northwest, Andy? You remember that we've got cherry and uh, applewood, and uh, I mean we got some um, hazelnut trees down in Oregon. Is there? Or what about mesquite? Do you guys practice with all this stuff, or do you have a, a tried and true fuel? We like to cook with what's around us. So, um, you know, out here, you know, I'm doing with a lot of cherry. 
uh, maple, oak, hickory. Um, we don't use a lot of mesquite, but you know we're happy to. If you if you are going to use mesquite, use it sparingly because yeah. it can be very very strong. But really, any hardwood and you know whatever we we suggest a seasoned hardwood that you can get around in in your area is what we encourage you to use. Um, why not stay local local with that? And I'm wondering, are you guys sponsored like a NASCAR? Do you guys have like stickers on your your barbecue pit that uh, you've got some sponsors, or are you guys you know when world when you come to be world champion, there's only one a year, right? So you guys get to uh, wear the crown, so to speak. Yeah, we 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 do we are sponsored. We you know we're sponsored by uh, Smart Chicken. Uh, the company provides us with our chicken that we cook in competition. Uh, we're sponsored by R Murphy Knives, who provides us with our knives. Cool. Uh, Wicked Good Charcoal provides us with our charcoal. So we we have a we we're getting a little. Uh, we have a couple of beer companies like Harpoon that have provided us with our keg for the weekend when we go out and compete. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so we we have a, a, a we're not quite at the level of NASCAR, but we're getting there. I like it, and you get some uh, some sponsors for your side dishes too. Um, and up in Boston, do you guys get fresh okra and fresh collard greens up there? Yeah, we can get them all the time. Um, you know, as long as you know, like you guys, we have seasons. So you know, um, we're coming into it right now. You mean yeah, like gray, gray or wet? <laughs> That's what we have Pretty in much. Seattle. Uh, cool. Hey, when we come back from this break, we got a couple more um, classic barbecue cuts, and uh, then I want to get into what it takes to become a championship uh, barbecue. I mean, I don't know that our, our listeners. I am a certified barbecue judge, so I know what you we look for, and uh, we'll talk about that. And um, when when you think about how many pounds of meat you guys have cooked, what do you think the sum total is, gentlemen? <laughs> Oh. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, my restaurant, we've gone through 60,000 60, pounds of brisket. So Wow. And you do all, with your restaurant's called, named? Uh, it's called The Smoke Shop. The Smoke Shop. Right on. Well, you, I'm super hungry. It's Saturday night here, folks. Hey, stick around. We'll have more on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI One and O Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, welcome back to segment three. Time for, uh, well, time for more brisket and barbecue. Uh, I'm super hungry, and I've got, uh, well, I had the co-authors. Uh, I now have Andy Husband, who's uh, the co-author of Pitmaster Recipes, Technique, Techniques, and Barbecue Wisdom. Chris Hart had to run off. He's got a barbecue emergency, so uh, we'll find him <laughs> again uh, on the uh, Internet. But, um, Andy, we've got a couple more cuts. Uh, let's talk about beef brisket, and um, tell me your way how to make perfect beef brisket brisket and a barbecue well beef brat brisket is is the most challenging of them all and what's important uh first of all is you need to buy a a, a whole brisket what's called a packer cut um you know you'll need to talk to your butcher they also do sell them at um you know costco and bj's you can get them it's a you know it's a your, your piece is going to be about 12 to 16 pounds so it's, wow. a, it's a big piece of meat um and you might think, well, why can't I just get to take a small piece of brisket, you know? 
Um, Shrinkage. It will dry out by the time it cooks perfectly. <laughs> okay. So really having that big piece is really important. It would take me um, probably a good hour just to talk about brisket, so I'm going to just give you some highlights. All right, good. Um, there's the flat part of the brisket or the bottom. We like to see it to be at least an inch thick at the point. So on one side will be really thick. On the other side, we want it to be about an inch thick. Um, when they get really thin, they, they overcook. We, uh, we trim off a little bit of the fat, but you still want to keep a fair amount because that's going to keep it moist th- throughout the cooking. Um, you know, we like a good rub. Um, you know, you can go Texas-style salt and pepper, or you can, um, you know, use one of our rubs out of the book or, of course, buy one. And here again, and, and, and you know, with all the barbecue, it's easy to do a 250, 275 degrees. It's going to take about an hour a pound. Um, you, you're going to want to not peak. You know, Chris talked about not peaking. You know, there's a saying, right. when you're looking, you're not cooking. Ah. And, uh, you know, you really want to kind of trust your tools. And I know Chris mentioned a bunch of them, but there's something called a uh, remote thermometer. There's a brand called Polder, P-O-L-D-E-R. Oh, yeah. Where you can put your thermometer in there and then you can and, and then have the, the gauge on the outside of your smoker so you can kind of watch the temperature of the meat as it's cooking. Yeah. Um, when you think about yeah, fire, they, too, by the way, um, how long does it take to sort of get your fire set and ready? It's not a 20-minute fire. You're talking about 30, 40 minutes or what? Well, it depends, again, on your smoker. But if we're talking about a Weber Smoky Mountain or a big green egg, you know, they, they get going pretty quick once you light them and kind of, you know, it's probably going to take you 20 to 30 minutes to kind of stabilize. Okay. You know, we, we'll, we teach a lot of classes um, for uh-huh. barbecue and Really, what we try to tell you is we don't care about your rub and we don't care about your sauce. <laughs> we care, can you hold a temperature for 12 hours? All right. So the spikes in temperatures um, can really cause your meat not to, you know, if you want to get, you know, to world class, you really want to have a perfect, consistent temperature. No solar flares. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right. So a brisket will take how many hours, do you think? 12 hours for a 16-pound brisket? It's about a it's about a it's about a pound an hour. Okay, I mean, it really turns out to be that. Excellent. And um, when you, I'm wondering when you do brisket. Obviously, I worked in restaurants. We would always have to let uh, a steak rest after. Do you have to let um, barbecue rest for a, a bit? You, we, we. I encourage that with all meats. You know, it's like you know, m- meats are muscles, and so you know they get wound up. So letting them rest for a little bit. It's not necessarily the same reason you would let a burger or a steak right. rest, yeah. uh, but it's still, uh, we think it's important. The juices will still come out of it. Um, and also, you know, listen, we're, we're taking it out of a 250-degree uh, oven. Nobody wants to put a 250-degree piece of meat in their mouth. No, uh-uh. Nothing so like a little that. bit of resting, letting it, you know, just cool down for a second kind of helps everybody. And when we're thinking about um, 12 hours of cooking, how do you actually maintain the temperature of the fire? Obviously, you're going to add more wood, but is there a method? Do you have like a, a, a trainer fire next door that's just keeping it so you can add on? Add it? What's the secret? Well, that's an <laughs> practice. <laughs> yeah. So it depends on, the, on, the, on what you're using for your fuel. It depends on what you're using for your equipment. Um, some people will, like, if you go to North Carolina, they're going to be doing, uh, they're going to burn bins, or burn, so they burn their wood, and they just use the coals, right. and they shovel that underneath. Other things, like our jambo pit, um, which I suggest everybody look online what a jambo pit is. It's one of the sexiest barbecue pits you can ever <laughs> imagine. It is. It's like a sexy boat. Is it going um, with a lazy boy and a big screen? 
it's just it's it's beautiful. And you know, we're we're throwing a log on about a log about every hour. And you know, you because you don't want your fire to die out, but you don't you don't want to go over. You know, and and, and I certainly don't want to scare anyway anybody away from barbecue. Even on even on a bad day, barbecue is phenomenal. You know, like <laughs> yeah. and we're we're helping you go from good to great with, with this book. Yeah, I, I believe it. I'm I'm digging the recipes. You've got uh, some some beverage pairings, and I know I want to talk about beef ribs. What's the key yeah. for beef ribs? You want to take that silver that 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 sheen off as well, or do you have to trim these? What's what's the secret for you? Yeah, so. With you know we're gonna we're gonna trim off the back. There's a lot of hard fat back there, and a little bit of it you can peel off the membrane again, just like we talked about for the ribs. On the um, on the top side where the meat is, you know we're, these are these are called plate plate ribs. Yeah. And you know if you go, you really got to be specific when you're trying to get these because there's a whole different different things called beef ribs. Um, so these are these are plate and. Um, you know, we'll trim off some of the fat on the top and some of the silver skin that's up there. Absolutely, give it a good uh, seasoning. You know, they they they're they're expensive, but they are the darling of barbecue right now. Everybody who's worth a, you know, worth our salt is making these. These are just tasty. All right, I'm going to check it out. Now, when it comes to comp, uh, championship competition for barbecue, let's talk about uh, the parameters. What are the criteria? Really, I mean, anybody can compete. Uh, okay. And I encourage you to do it. If you're looking for a good time with with a group of friends, this this is the way to go. You know, it, it, think of it like a weekend of golf or fishing. It's just fantastic. You know, for the first few years, we uh, we lost a lot. We weren't uh, we weren't really that great of a team, but we had the best time. You know, a lot of. A lot of cards, playing cards, <laughs> drinking bourbon, a little bit of cussing, and some competitions. You say you had fun. some infighting and you had some, you know, uh, some girl girl troubles or something in that that clubhouse. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at your pictures now. You, you only have like one neck, typically, or one chin. I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I can trust a barbecue guy that doesn't have three chins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're working on that. Uh, give, give us a couple more years, maybe we'll get a couple more. Uh, I know. Okay, so when you think about it, from my judging perspective. I was taught to understand its uh, t- its appearance, texture, taste, and tenderness, and those are the four mm-hmm. criteria for uh, championship yeah. barbecue. And that includes, you know, ribs and chicken uh, thighs and um, s- s- hot links, and of course, uh, pork butt and brisket and all that stuff. And when we think about barbecue, we're looking for the smoke ring, right? That's a significant part of uh, the appearance. Yeah, smoke ring is something people look at. Um, it's that really is just kind of the reaction between the molecules in the meat and the temperature right. of the smoker and the smoke itself. Um, you know, you know, a nice smoke ring is important. Is it is it the number one factor? No. Um, you know, I've seen barbecue without a smoke ring and it's been damn good. All right. So you know, it's the smoke ring is important. We pride ourselves on our brisket here at uh, my my barbecue restaurant, and you know, it's it's nice uh, to get it. Um, one of the misnomers, and I think you know this as being a judge, is very funny. Is one of the best compliments or people give me is, man, this is falling off the bone. Yes. But really, what they're just trying to tell me is it's cooked perfectly. Because if you're in a competition, falling off the bone means it's you no, might as well go yeah, home. No bueno. Right? Which is, you want a small tug. Ironic. You want to be able to take a bite, a bite, pull the bone away, and just have your mouth mark right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's meant to say that it's just really tender is is kind of the term. But of course, we do find ribs at certain places that it is falling off the bone and it's really dripping off the bone and it's 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 a little less 
you kind of lose that caveman experience, I think, a little bit. The reward of putting your teeth in there and really, you know, working for your your yeah. flavor for a bit. Um, now, remember, so basically, the way they present these is in a white. Uh, well, it used to be styrofoam. I'm sure it's now a, a compo- compostable uh, to go tray, but only with a little green leaf lettuce or um, parsley. Is that right? Yeah, I think they've changed it. You can do kale now also. <laughs> kale, okay. Um, but, yeah, pretty much, I mean, really, you know, when you're in a barbecue competition, it's about the meat. And and it's not really about the garnish. It's really about just the meat itself. And what, uh, you were a championship in 2009. Now, do you get to come back on 2010 and be an honorary champion? Or, or do you have to fight for it every year? Or do you become the green jacket of the Masters? How does it work? No green jacket, but you do get to come back the next year. I see. Um you know, we, we qualified something like 10 years in a row at one point. Um, Is that a regional you know, we, qualifier? Uh, yeah, you usually compete, you know, get a, like, win a state championship, and then therefore that qualifies, qualifies you. Um, but, yeah, you do get to come back. If you won last year, you come back for the next year. All right. Hey, this uh, is awesome. Andy Husbands, the uh, co-author of Pitmaster, Recipes, Techniques, and Barbecue Wisdom. You can find it at all the good bookstores and Amazon.com. Hey, Andy, thanks so much. Hey, you got to come back to Seattle. Let me know when you're in town. We'll do some barbecue. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much. Hey, folks, stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. A Northwest Original, Lars Larson, live weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, all that barbecue's got me hungry. And uh, it's a beautiful Saturday night tonight. Hope you're having a great time. Uh, If you want to have a great time in the world of wine, I got to tell you, this is uh, a huge international wine and spirit symposium coming up. Of course, uh, I talk about Psalm Summit, 2017 Psalm Summit, psalmsummit.com. It's at South Seattle College campus. It's a two and a half day international wine symposium with some of the best wine regions of the world. We've got Bordeaux, South Africa, Napa Valley. Uh, locally, we have Cedar Creek and the Northwest Wine Academy, the Woodenville Wine Country. Um, we've got college sellers from Walla Walla. We have some great spirits. We have uh, a seminar from Remy Martin Cognac and uh, Beers of the World with our own Charles Finkel, the uh, proprietor of Pike Brewery. And uh, he is, gosh, 40 plus years in the beer and wine spirits business. Going to teach us all about styles of beers around the world and uh, producers and things like that. But this is really a um, two and a half day sit down tasting with classrooms, principals, presenting seminars. Uh, of course, the tasting part is important. You'll have about 10 to 12 wines or beers or spirits to taste per class. There are basically uh, four sessions, and you'll have an assembly in the morning. Well, all 200 people will be there, 200 attendees, and we'll have uh, the birth of Washington wine terroir. We'll do uh, sparkling wines of South Africa, and we'll do the Lustau American Sherry Ambassador course. These are part of the assemblies. You'll find all the uh, information on the website. It's psalmsummit.com. You can go for one day, either a Sunday or a Monday, or you can go for all two and a half days. And each day culminates 
with a trade tasting reception, and this is great because you can get uh, you can buy an extra ticket for your uh, spouse or your friends, and they can come and join you. Walk around under the summer twilight. It's wine, it's beer, it's spirits, it's food, and it's a lot of fun. SomSummit.com. Uh, if you can't make that, I invite you to try. Well, gosh, let's talk about Chris. This is uh, Chris's wine. It's called Coral Wines, and uh, we've got three fantastic wines. It's white coral red coral and pink coral. These are all inspired by the south of France. Uh, Provence-style rosé. It's a uh, Morved Sanso, actually the first in Washington, and it's totally dry. It's a beautiful wine. It's uh, under 12 bucks. and like our white coral, which is a southern Rhone-style blend, that's a blend of four grapes, and it's Marsan Viognier, Grenache Blanc, and Roussan. Again, it's dry, it's crisp, it's delicious, it's a smooth balance, it's thoughtful um, and yummy. The last one is a red wine. It's called Red Coral. It's Grenache Syrah Morved. A lot of flavor. This is perfect for the summertime. They're all screw cap. Um, you know, buy three because the first go, the first two go down so quickly. You'll be glad you have that third bottle. And I just got back from uh, Celebrate Walla Walla, which was uh, super super fun. And we've talked about the world of Syrah. And when we think about Syrah. We talk about Northern Rhone. Uh, of course, we've got Washington State. We've got uh, the Rogue Valley in Oregon. We've got California, the Sonoma Coast, and some of the uh, Napa Appalachians. And, of course, uh, Australia. And you've got Shiraz. So we had a little taste of all of these wines. And, of course, Walla Walla does um, very well. they got some fantastic winemakers. Of course, wine country and hospitality is all to be found out there. You have to uh, plan your trip to Walla Walla. And if you haven't planned it yet... You have a chance to see everybody in the world of wines. Coming up in August, it is the Auction of Washington Wines, and this is year 30. 30 years. Congratulations to Alan Shoup and, uh, gosh, all the cats who started this 30 years ago. Alan was the vice president of Chateau Saint-Michel at the time, and and, uh, they wanted to get uh, Washington wine on the map. We talked about that Um, uh, well, and some previous shows, and this is 30 years, all benefiting Children's Hospital Uncompensated Care, as well as the University of, uh, well, the Washington University Department of Viticulture and Enology, Dr. Thomas Hennekling. He has uh, a fantastic new building there, some fantastic uh, educators, professors, and, uh, well, researchers, really, um, helping us uh, Washington State. And the Pacific Northwest in general do better at viticulture, how to save water, how to do tannin management, and of course how to make better wine. And we're doing a great job of that. And one more time, it's SomSummit.com coming up. It's July 9th, 10th, and 11th over at South Seattle College. Uh, tuition's 285 bucks. You'll have a chance to taste over 300 wines um, for those two days. So basically, it's a, it's a buck a taste, <laughs> and you can either spit or swallow. Of course, we have food. And you're going to learn something. So I invite you to check it out. There's just a few seats left, um, just a few tickets. It's SomSummit.com. I will be there. And uh hope you had a great Father's Day. It's, uh, it's a beautiful summer. I hope you enjoyed Pitmaster, uh, Andy Husband and Chris Hart. You can get their book, Pitmaster's Recipes, Techniques, and Barbecue Wisdom on Amazon and all your great bookstores. Um, I look forward to seeing you next week right here on 570 KVI. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!